How many hats do you have to wear to make your author impact? (laughs) Okay, so you have one that's a writer's hat, and maybe your second one is your author hat. That third hat, that is your authorpreneur hat, and you probably didn't know you had to wear that one too. In fact, most authors get really comfortable with the writing hat. I mean, you have to write a book to make a book happen. So most of us learn the ins and outs of authorship, and we know that becoming an author requires us to publish a book and all of that fun stuff too. So those two hats get really comfortable, but this authorpreneurship thing isn't something all of us know, and it isn't something every author realizes that they've actually signed up for. And I promise you that if you are writing a book and you want people to buy it, you are an authorpreneur, (laughs) whether you like it or not. Last week, during a live stream that Jennifer Crosswhite and I host on Wednesdays called Beyond the Page, we discussed insights into authorpreneurship and what it would take for you, my author friend, to make this year your year to own the authorpreneurship hat. I am excited to invite you into that conversation on today's episode of the Empowered Author Podcast. Ready to dive in, my authorpreneur friend? Let's do this. Hey, I'm Stephanie Fager, and Empower is my middle name. Well, okay, not really, but y'all, I really think it should be. (laughs) I believe that empowered people empower people, and I'm obsessed with empowering you, the nonfiction author, with impactful marketing strategies to help you take your important message and share it with those who desperately need it and want it and will buy it. I am the owner and chief strategist of the Empower PR group and the author of three books myself, including my new book, Make Your Author Impact, Sell More Books, Increase Your Reach, and Achieve Your Why. I've been called to merge my love for reading books, writing books, and marketing books to help nonfiction authors with laser-focused strategies and tactics to write books that sell, promote those books to those who need and want them most, and build meaningful businesses from empowering messages. That just so happens to be the topic of today. (laughs) Think of this podcast as your one-stop shop for marketing insights from an author who has been there, done that, and understands exactly where you are, because I absolutely, truly do. So get your pens ready, because I'm ready to empower you. This is the Empowered Author Podcast. This on Wednesdays, Jen. It's Wednesday. (laughs) Yes, it's the last Wednesday of January. It is. Yeah. Isn't that crazy to think about? Like we're already one twelfth of the way through the year. How are you feeling a a twelfth of the way through? You know, actually pretty good. Pretty good. Um, You know, I do a rolling quarter planning. So like the beginning of the year isn't like, oh my gosh, I got to do a whole thing. I just have to add another quarter to it. So that has been, I've been doing that for several years now and that's that's really helpful. Um, And really, you know, we focus a quarter at a time. I mean, yes, we have the whole year, but you know, the other three quarters are a little more foggy, Mm. right? You just block Mm. some big things in. My vacation is on the calendar. Very excited about that. I have a vacation coming that actually is going to be a part research trip. So the book might come out of that. So, you know, those things get on the calendar. I was just thinking the other day, this is a much better January than last January. Ditto for me too businesses uh, have a season and they ebb and flow. And this is very true in the book business, particularly. Um, 
you know, there's authors that have record years and authors that have really bad years. Uh, coming after the the lockdown and the pandemic where everybody was home and reading way more. And then last year when things opened up, people were traveling mm-hmm. and not reading as much. And so you saw authors have reduced mm-hmm. royalties and sometimes that's depressing. And you just have to realize that's the nature of the business. Like it's not yes. a... Uh, you. It, it has nothing to do with you. Your core readers are always going to love you no matter what, right? They're always going to want to read your books. And in some ways it's a better sense of who your core base is. And right. then if you attract extras, that's icing on the cake, right? But your mm-hmm. core, your core readers, they're the cake. <laughs> so they're the cherry. All the they're time. the funfetti icing. Yes. No, you've got the funfetti cake. That's your core readers. Yes. And the extras are the icing. That's my favorite kind of yeah. cake, Jim. Well, yeah. you know, well, you mentioned, Jane, I was actually talking to a friend of mine, another um, small business owner the other day about business and the ebbs and flows of business and how um, seasonalities happen. So like in January, some businesses get a big push of energy. Others, peop- their clients are inching out of the holidays and they're not ready. Sometimes right. um, I found I find in this industry, in the book industry, people will will see a book writing as a bucket list. So sometimes yes. that energy comes fast early in the year. Other times yeah. it it doesn't. Uh, but I, you bring up a really interesting point. And of course, today's topic is on authorpreneurship, which is awesome. But you know, to be an eff- effective in building and growing your business, I like how you mentioned. You're, you do rolling quarters. I mean, I look at things as at a year. I did do a plan this year, I, but I but I normally don't do a big business plan. I am lo- far enough in business now where I can I have comparative data, mm-hmm. and so I can see Very things. Helpful. Yes, and figure out like where do I want to go. But literally just this morning, I have made a pivot on something we're doing to trick because I didn't I don't like what. This, what we're getting from it. Like, it doesn't feel like it's a good work, good, it's not worth my energy or time or our energy or resources. So we're nimble enough to shift. Yes. And that's yes. key. And so like you- Very key. Like a rolling quarter creates that nimble mindset too. So if, first of all, like I want to level set and then I want to get your thoughts on that. But today we're talking about authorpreneurship. And if you don't know what that means- it's pretty self-explanatory. You're an author, you're an entrepreneur, all that loveliness collides. Welcome to yes. this new world. Uh, if you have written a book, you are one. Right. And whether you like it or not. I mean, yes. I will say the little caveat is there are some people, and, and this is perfectly fine and wonderful, just want to write a book and don't really care about how far right. it goes. It's just right. for friends and family. It's just something on their heart they've always wanted to do. Right. And yeah. that's that's all they want to do. And that perfectly fine. It's a lovely thing. It's a wonderful legacy to leave for your Absolutely. family. So, but we're not talking about those people. We're talking about people who are writing as something where they do want it to bring in money. They want it to make an impact. They want to have a speaking career mm-hmm. or sell courses or have some sort of extra mm-hmm. whatever, right? Or you're writing fiction and you want to write a series. Right. You want to have income coming in from it. Mm-hmm. It is now a business and you have it to is. put on your business hat. So you have your, you have a lot of hats in this business. You have your writer hat, you have your marketer hat, you have your business owner hat. And uh, uh, that really surprises a lot of authors. They're they're not prepared. They might've heard they have to do marketing, but they're often not prepared to run a business. And that is where things get a little bit sticky, but we can help you with that. 
Because that's well, what we're it doing. Is, yes. So what I tell others too is I, I did not want to create a business, Jen. Are you oh, I didn't either. I mean, what? if you'd asked me 20 years ago, do you want to be an entrepreneur? I'd be like, are you crazy? Oh. Why would I want to do oh. that? <laughs> I will never forget the day that my husband, who's a physical therapist, came to me and goes, there's a coworker of mine and the two of us are talking about forming a business. And I was like, well, that's why, why would you do that? And he's like, I think it'd be fun. And I'm like, okay, it feels too risky to me, but okay. and so then he goes, well, would you help, uh, help me? No, he didn't even ask. I was listening to him trying to like navigate it all. And I said, you need a plan. I'm going to go sit down and create I created a business plan for him and then they didn't even, he, um, his, his friend ended up forming a business and Corey didn't Mm -hmm. go with him in that. And I looked at all that. I'm like, Corey was the one that wanted to do this. Not me. I didn't want to do this. I wanted to retire with a pension and, you know, a steady paycheck. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But you know, call it God, call it capital L life. You call it whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your plans and their plans don't collide. And the book bug bit me. And when it did, this evolved and I wouldn't want it any other way, but I do tell my husband on the regular gen, you couldn't have done it, dude. Like I love you, but all of those hats that you have to wear, I'm like, yes. It would, you'd have, you would have imploded, but right. it's not easy. So it's true. It's not, I don't think it's that not. I don't, most of us don't grow, wake up and say, we want to become an authorpreneur. Although in today's world, after post COVID pandemic, I think we, there's a more open-mindedness to what a flexibility of what that entrepreneur world and mm-hmm. solo world can look like. But, but I do want you to realize if, if a book is on your docket and you want people to buy the book, you are a business owner. You're dealing with things like sales tax. You're going to get something from Amazon that you have to like report into your income. You are dealing with uh, a side hustle. Yeah. Right. Yes, now, if you absolutely. look at it as a side hustle, it your books won't won't sell, my friend. Like they won't. It, yeah. It's a, an extra thought, right? I mean, it, you might sell some, but it's if you dive in and really just embrace the fact that you are an authorpreneur, then then doors open, your listening ears are percolated and you start to realize that many times your readers are telling you the business that you need to build. That's really true. And it does change and morph over time. You certainly can't be expected to know exactly what it's going to look like from the very beginning. You will start getting your, your feet wet and then adding more as you get more confident with things, you'll add other things to it. And I think you can make it as complex or as simple as you'd like it to be. I know authors at every level of complexity with their business, different income streams. I mean, there are authors that do Kickstarters to raise money for special editions, obviously authors that have podcasts, authors that have their own store on their own website. Those are more complex things, or you can simply just decide Amazon's going to be your distributor and put your book up there and keep it simple. You don't know until you know, when you know, you can't unknow. And I think that's true in so many things. I didn't know what I needed to know about entrepreneurship or authorpreneurship until I created a business to fund my book business. That's right. Then I I love that. Like that is such a creative way. And you guys need to grab Stephanie's book, um, Making Your Author Impact. But she she goes through the story of it. And this is one of the things that when you're running a business, you have to invest, right? You have to have some sort of investment, time, money, some combination of the two. And this is where people get really creative to come up with the money 
to invest in their business. So if you were going to open a McDonald's franchise, you would need to get a lot of capital mm -hmm. to do that, right? If you're going to open a lemonade stand down the street, you still need capital to buy the ingredients and to make your stand and all that, right? Mm -hmm. so two very extreme examples. Books are in there closer to the lemonade stand part. <laughs> but, um, but I love what Stephanie did because uh, you taking that idea and saying, oh, I'm going to create a product. I'm going to make these wreaths and sell them to fund my book. I love that. And so I think this is that kind of thinking outside the box. Creatives are very good at that. And yep. so we need to think, hey, how can I fund this business? What are some ways? Do I yep. swap things with other people? Do I, you know, do something else? Do I sell some things? Do I, what do I do to create the funds mm -hmm. and your budgeting for your book and how much things are going to cost? And there is wide varieties of things. You need to have an idea of what you can put in, what you can afford. Again, as I often say, nothing is set in cement. So you might start off. I did this. I've put new covers on all my books. I did uh, and inexpensive. I did inexpensive covers to begin with, and then as I had more money and more sales, I put in even better covers, which I love. I love my cover designer right now. You're right. So okay, I want to for those who don't know the full story, and I'm not going to share it all, but you did a great highlight. But I do want to acknowledge sometimes if the authorpreneur journey, you need. You would need some seed money, peeps. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to need some. Now you don't need a ton, but yeah. you need some. Yeah. And you need to figure out what that is. And and if I could if I could unintentionally build a business based on something that people could go to the store to purchase mm -hmm. and not only make enough money, but have to do sales tax. And like, I mean, in over two years, I say I sold, made, made sold, taught people to make over a thousand wreaths across the U.S. It's crazy. If <laughs> you can do that, you can too. And it all boils down to figuring out what your, it's what I call the authorpreneur equation, your unique skills. What's your value, your unique value paired with your readers, your clients, unique needs equals yep. a marketable solution. You use the wreaths as an example. I made a wreath for Christmas because I thought it would be fun. I'd never made a wreath before outside of like one with like little picks I put on the front and was still, right. still have it. And I'm like, where I need to deconstruct that sucker. Cause it's bad. But I made one for Christmas cause I, my brother-in-law got a new home and I was like, this would be great. And then I posted on Facebook cause I was proud of it. And the next thing mm -hmm. I know, a wreath business started. Yeah. And then I started to listen. Someone goes, did you, would you, do you sell these? I'm like, I do now. <laughs> like, no, no. Yes, I do. And then yes, I do. And then I used it as actually fodder for building an author platform because I told every person, Hey, I'm writing a book. Thank you for funding my dream. Right. And so not only did I build a business and learn it, learn things like how to be able to, to sell wreaths in the Walmart parking lot, right? Like I knew that <laughs> people have things to like to meet people. So now I know they carry books with me and I, and I knew the importance of having square. Like if someone said, Oh, I can't, I don't have any cash. No problem. Got a credit card processor. That's right. I learned things about understanding turnaround time and messaging and, and budgeting. And I learned things that helped me become an authorpreneur. And so, and so look at every part of your authorpreneur journey as learning. If you're going to fail, which for anybody that runs a business is going to fail. It's fail experimenting. Forward. Yes. Learn. You learn, right? You learn what works, what doesn't work. And um, you can't. 
you know, and, and I like to say I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I don't like to get things wrong. <laughs> right. Nobody does. If I'm going to do it, I really want to do it right yes. the first time. But yes. there's some things you just are not going to know. Exactly. You just won't know yes. till you try something, yep. you do it, you see what happens, you get data. You now have more data, more data yes. points. And now you, you have more information so you can make a different decision. And so yes. I've just decided uh, it's not failure. It's learning it's learning, yes. well, this didn't work or that didn't work. Also, yes. things change over time. The market changes, Absolutely. Amazon's algorithm changes. Absolutely. And so you're constantly having to readjust. I think it's a lot more like sailing a boat and adjusting to like currents and winds mm-hmm. than like driving on a train track, right? It it's, is. It's just you a don't constant know adjustment. Until you've tried it and then you go, oh. So if you have written a book or are going to write a book, And if you are at a point where you go, oh, I didn't even know that there's more to this book thing um, than writing the book and marketing. Like there could be more. There's a couple of tips I want to leave you with to kind of think about. Uh, The first is the authorpreneur journey can can be as simple, quote unquote, simple, it's not simple, but as as streamlined and focused as you are a author and you write a book or books. That is your journey, right? And that can, that is one sector of it. But I find working in nonfiction, many people who write nonfiction and others, I've seen fiction author, you're living proof of the fiction space too, right? But people, your readers and the people around you will start telling you things. And this is where listening is so pivotal in authorpreneurship, but they will start asking questions like, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. Would you do that for me? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I really need this. I'll never forget, Jen, my first book. I had a, a girl I used to work with. I do not have this offering in my business because <laughs> you know I'm a train wreck. But she goes, when you decide to do life coaching, I'm going to be your first, um, your first person. And I'm like, me? <laughs> She's like, yes. And I'm like, oh, golly. Um Whew, I am really broken and I need life coaching. But I, but what I learned from that is we live in a world that is full of filters and I don't, I have, I'm vulnerable. So what she appreciated in the, my first two books, which are memoir and um, a bit more about perspective and balance and redefining mm-hmm. success. What I realized is she was asking for help for someone to help her weed away the chaos and focus on what matters. For as things evolved, for me, I started to uncover really that what people were wanting is help in their book journey, which is where the Empower PR group was born. But listen, most people in the author space, these are a couple of things that I know could be derivatives of your authorpreneur business. You could do coaching. Yeah. You could do consulting. There's a difference. Not many people know, but there's a difference. You could do done for you, done with you, or done or DIY. Mm-hmm. You could have additional products like... Yes. Um, you know, you could have t-shirts or, you know, whatever, or even, even a workbook based okay. on your actual book, a workbook yes. version, easy, Absolutely. super easy derivative product. Absolutely. Audio book is another derivative. Audiobook. You could it. do an online course. Yep. You could do, gosh, I mean, like the list goes on. You could do, you could host retreats. Yep. Workshops, speaking, Exactly. You know, conferences can generate revenue. The other day, someone asked, you know, like uh, people always ask, like, well, how many books have you sold? And what's in alignment with your success? How is the book successful? I said, listen, that is so nuanced based to the based on the authorpreneur and the author out there. But the reality is, is for me, 
I couldn't do what I'm doing now if I didn't write the the books, right? Yes, and the book opens the door it's for many a, of the op- opportunities. And I didn't yes. know that I wanted to do these things. That's that's where this humbleness right. comes in. Yes. You don't know. Right. Yeah. You don't know. You don't but know. But you're right. What you said is so true. When you have that book out and it opens the door, then people come to you and they start asking for what they need or they start seeing things in your book and your message that right. they want. And now you realize, oh my gosh, I didn't realize there was a market for that. I didn't realize people wanted that. But sure, I can provide that. And so now you have this whole thing you never thought of. And that goes back to your whole point about being nimble. Yeah, you find sometimes you don't know how much you love something until you do it. And that is a big, that's that's part of the big adventure of it is getting new experiences and, and discovering new things about yourself and in the whole process. It's it's that's part of what makes it so enjoyable is that you're constantly learning, you're constantly growing and developing. You know, as we said at the beginning, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur, but now <laughs> I can't imagine ever working for anybody else. Part of authorpreneurship is a listening to what your readers are telling you you need, but it's also to me equally as important as identifying what you like doing, what you find joy in and what you have capacity to do. Like it's a win-win. This is a beautiful thing. So just because someone says they want it and need it doesn't mean you're that solution. Exactly. And I do see authors, especially at the beginning, trying to be everything to everyone and me, I was trying to do that. Yeah. Exhausting yourself. Yeah, we do at the beginning because we don't know as we're sorting things out and then you get tired, you're exhausted. You're like, "Mm, I don't ever want to do that again. (laughs) So I'm not offering that anymore. Don't make Um, me do that. (laughs) And so that's part of the journey is learning where do I love being? What do I want to do more of? What do I want to do less of? And again, most of the time you don't know that till you've done some of those things a few times. And then you're like, yeah, okay. I have a better sense of this now. Yeah. And you also then at that point know what's worth my energy and what's not, what brings me joy, what has impact uh, and how can I really help people? Because at the end of the day, it, I, I, I'll I be the first to say, if you decide to write a book and and build an entrepreneur business for the money, go to work some, for someone else. Go do that. Right. Yes. The book it's- sales, the odds of you, um, and, and I forget, I'm going to get the statistic wrong, but I'll be in the ballpark. Yeah. 95% of authors make something like less than $1,000 a year. Like, yeah. you know, and like That's half bad. of all books don't even sell a copy. Uh, which to me is ridiculous. It's like a uh, very minimal effort to move a few copies, right? A lot of books um, don't make it over a couple hundred in their right. lifetime. Yes. Even through big traditional publishers sell less than 500 copies. And yeah. so um, that yeah. those are sort of a re, uh, re, you know, those are numbers to keep in mind, but they're also numbers that are pretty actually easy to get over, right? So think about the fact that your book isn't, don't put all your eggs in the basket of the book bringing in income, but look at the book as the door opener to create these other things, these other opportunities for you. And that's really how it works is more of a tool than actually the money-making product. There's so much more and so much to learn about the craft and the business. Writing is just a part of the puzzle. This is so true. It is. And there are many authors and I I would love to just write all day. I wish, you know, In the mountains, we'd be in the mountains. And yes, wouldn't that be lovely to just be able to do that? But there is so much more to it. It is that it is a business. Again, if what you all you want to do is write, that's that is a perfectly fine thing. Just calibrate your expectations 
to you know what you what you want to work on. What you want to Absolutely. And remember that the book is a, a, a door opener. It's a, it could be a business card, but it also is you. You know, the book, it is a written form that allows you to reach people you would never reach otherwise. But people yes. buy from people, people connect with people. You yeah. are the person behind the book. Your readers may be begging for you as a solution in their business. So don't be scared. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't be um, immobilized by authorpreneurship. Break it into small chunks little bite-sized pieces, look at things in a quarter, be nimble, be willing to evolve because you will grow and find your people and hang out with people that see you and understand you. Uh, You know, I see so many entrepreneurs doing great, beautiful, successful things and actually uh, make your author impact. We have a whole section of the book on entrepreneurship um, that can give you Mm -hmm. some advice and some ideas and things to think about, but absolutely don't be scared of it. If this is your year, if you've yes. written the book or want to, and you see it as maybe your opportunity to take a step into the unknown, you can do it. I believe that you can totally do it. Totally can do it. The entrepreneur equation may sound simple, but to many authors, it's not a simple addition problem. Your value plus your reader's needs equals a marketable solution. So it always adds up, I promise you, but sometimes you find yourself having to solve for the unknown. Throw away those addition and subtraction cards and bring out algebra. (laughs) And when you do, there are a few things I want you to consider. First of all, listening is the best piece of advice out there. Your readers will tell you what they want and need. If you listen for it, they will identify specifically what their needs are for you and what they will invest in. Now your value is your differentiator. What do you do that no one else does? And that's tough because many times we think we see other people doing exactly what we do, but you are a part of that and your unique experiences come together and makes you a differentiator. So when paired together, those two pieces, you get to decide what types of offerings you have by identifying this beautiful merge of what your readers need and what you enjoy doing. I would love to brainstorm with you what your authorpreneur hat needs most. Visit empowerprgroup.com slash connect and let's chat. All right, author friend, thank you for listening today and for saying yes to becoming empowered. As you know, I'm a believer that empowered people empower people. I've empowered you. Now it is your turn to go empower others. 